Hi, Pastor John here. I just want to thank you for downloading or streaming this service from North Carolina Baptist Church. We pray that it encourages, challenges, and excites you in your walk with Christ as you prayerfully consider ways to impact your community for Christ. A couple things I want to say before we get into our video today. I just want to say that we're praying for you that you know Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And if you do not know Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you've not made that decision for yourself, you can, right there where you are, you can pray and confess your sins to Christ, repenting and turning from them, asking for forgiveness from Him by receiving the gospel, by receiving His, His grace that He's offering to you in the free gift of salvation, by putting your faith and trust in Him. If you have any questions about that, we'd love to answer those for you. Please reach out to us and let us know. We also want to let you know that if you would like to support what God is doing here at NGBC, we invite you at any time to go on our website, northgoodland.org, or by downloading our church app by going to North Goodland BC in your app store and downloading that right there on your mobile device. You can give a gift of any size at any time, and we greatly, greatly appreciate all the gifts of generosity that go towards the ministry here, helping us to do what God has called us to do to reach this world for Christ. Now, we invite you to prepare your heart to lift up the name of Christ, to be stirred by his word, all for his glory alone. Well, good evening and welcome to our Sunday evening service. If you have a Bible, and I do hope that you do have a Bible with you there, uh, turn to Romans chapter 10. Uh, Romans chapter 10 is where we're going to be picking up tonight. Uh, we have been in Romans 10 now. This is our third week uh, going through the text. Uh, and so let me just encourage you, if you've missed uh, any of the videos up to this point, uh, we, we want to encourage you to go back, uh, look at those videos, watch those, kind of get caught up to where we are. Uh, we won't really review tonight, so if you've missed anything, uh, I want to encourage you to do that. And then also want to let you know if you have any questions about what we've studied so far. Uh, maybe you have uh, some outlines that you've missed. Uh, every chapter we try to give an outline out to make sure you're able to study this at home. And so with this video, there is an outline, uh, same as it's been the last couple of weeks for Romans 10. But if you've missed one, please let us know. We can send that to you uh, digitally. We can send that to you as a paper copy, uh, whatever you would prefer. Uh, so if you have any questions about anything we've studied up to this point in the book of Romans, maybe as you're reading it yourself, you have some questions or some things that came to your mind, um, I encourage you to reach out, ask. I uh, would love to have a dialogue about that and encourage you in that. Um, and I know that there are some parts of Romans, especially Romans 9, that some, maybe you yourself or people you've talked to, uh, have some different opinions on. It's all good, uh, as long as we centered around God's Word and we come to the ultimate conclusion that, that Jesus Christ is the only way unto salvation and that we need to be about making Him known to all people. Um, and so if you have any questions, please, please reach out. If you have any prayer concerns, usually on a Sunday night, uh, we would ask for prayer concerns and we would open in a time of prayer. If you have anything that you'd like us to pray about, please, you can submit that to us. Um, through the app, you can go on there. There's a feature there where you can submit a prayer request. That's emailed to me directly. Or you can just shoot me a text or a Facebook message or whatever you prefer to be able to kind of let me know how you're doing, uh, anything we can do for you um, in, in the area of prayer. Also, I want to let you know if you have any physical needs, uh, please let us know. I know that there's a lot of difficulty for a lot of people. Um, and it was such a blessing this last week we were able to, uh, a need was made known to me and our church was able to step up and help with that need. And so um, if you have a need or you have a family member or maybe a neighbor that you believe is in genuine need, uh, please let us know. And we would love to do our best to help them in any way we can. And so let's do this. I want to open with a word of prayer and then we'll get into our material tonight in Romans. 
Father, we thank you so much for your grace, love, mercy, and just your tender care and compassion of us. Father, I pray that you would just lead God and direct in all that we say and do tonight. I pray that you give us wisdom, guidance, direction, and that everything that we read tonight in your word, we would be able to apply to our hearts and minds by your grace and by your working so that we would be changed because of it. Help our minds to be renewed in the things of God by the working of the Holy Spirit and help our hearts to be changed every single day to grow into a heart of Christ for others. Pray you be with those that are struggling right now, Lord, those that are out of work. I pray you minister to them and just provide the finances they need and provide what whatever's going on, Lord, that, that whatever they're coming up short with, I pray you take care of that need. I pray, Lord, you'd be with those that are working right now, maybe from home, those that are traveling into work, Lord, give them wisdom, guidance, and protection, watch over them, and just thank you for what they do. We thank you, Lord, for obviously those that are working in our medical fields, all their countless hours given to help those in need. Pray you just bless them, watch over them. Thank you for those, Lord, that are working and serving in areas uh, right now, uh, things like... Um, those that are working at grocery stores, cashiers, those that stock the aisles. Uh, Lord, so many of them have worked a lot of hours, maybe haven't always had the nicest or kindest things said to them while they were working. I pray you minister to them and just encourage them, lift up their hearts and minds. And Father, we pray as well for our leadership. We pray for our local leadership here in Emily uh, City and in Lapeer County, all the way up to, Lord, uh, those in the White House, our president, uh, we pray that at each level you would give wisdom and guidance. I pray, Lord, that for those that are in Christ, that know you, that are in government, I pray you encourage them and strengthen them with your, uh, with your word. I pray, Father, for those that don't know Christ, that they would come to know you. But I pray, Lord, even those that don't know Christ, you've shown in your word that you are a God that can work in and through anyone to accomplish your purposes and your plan. And we believe that you are working a great plan. And I trust in that, Lord, and I know that we take a hope in the sovereignty of God over all things. Father, be with us now tonight as we spend some time into your word. And I pray that you, above all things, would be glorified. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. And so Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 14. And so again, we've covered quite a bit of ground already, even in the book of Romans, or the chapter 10 of Romans. Um, and so we're going to jump right in. Uh, we want to find in your notes the opportunity to hear, the opportunity to hear, and we're going to read verses uh, 14 through 17. All right, 14 through 17. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I have to pause here and make a point because verse 15 is really, really difficult for me. And you might say, well, what in the world is so difficult about it? Paul calls feet beautiful. And man, I don't know about you, but I struggle with that. Um, I do not think feet are beautiful. And maybe you raise your virtual hand and say, I'm right there with you, Pastor. Feet are not beautiful. Maybe you think like I do, my feet are not beautiful. Other people's feet are fine. Um, never beautiful, but fine. Uh, but my feet, man, I, I don't know. It, it's rough going. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Lord of the Rings, but I think uh, me and uh, Bilbo Baggins has a lot in common. Uh, the Hobbit feet. 
Um, I definitely think there's some similarities there. So not a foot person. I don't find feet beautiful. Um, so I struggle with verse 15. But, but what's Paul saying? Why, why is he saying these feet are beautiful? Because what he's saying is the reason their feet are beautiful in this reference uh, is because they, the feet are carrying these people to sharing the gospel with those in need. And so that's what makes their feet beautiful. We understand the context, but I just read that and think beautiful feet, just kind of cringe inside. So uh, that's not here nor there. Let's move on. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here Paul is laying out this kind of progression, right? This very logical step-by-step understanding of not only the need for the gospel, but how to receive the gospel. Paul carries out a very logical thought in these couple of verses. Uh, The amazing gift of God through Christ is forgiveness of sins and redemption from hell for eternity by placing our faith and trust in Christ. See, the gospel, the gospel, this thing that gets talked about a lot, but man, I don't know if we, I know myself included, if we really stop and think, those of us that know Christ really stop and think, man, what, what, what is the gospel? Like how powerful, how beautiful is the gospel? And I know we think, well, I've received the gospel. I know the gospel. Jesus lived a sinless life. Jesus died on a sinner's cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. He rose again on the third day and he ascended into heaven about 40 days after resurrection and that he's praying for us right now. We, we kind of summarize the gospel that way. And those things are true, by the way, all very true. It's so important to understand that he lived a sinless life because his righteous life is imputed and given to us in this life. And so we're righteous in this life because he was righteous in his life. We are sinless in Christ, meaning all our sins have been forgiven because Christ is the sacrificial lamb that went to the cross and was put in a borrowed tomb. But also our salvation is sealed and secured and we have eternal life because he didn't stay dead. He rose again as we just celebrated here with Easter Sunday. So the gospel is more though than just those statements. The gospel is I broke God's laws. I've sinned and broke God's laws. I violated the very law of God. I turn my back on God. I put my fist in his face. I mock God. I am a sinner. I am wretched. I don't do the things that God would have me to do. I desire things that are not good for me and displease God. I want to please self over God. And even though those things that I think will please me actually bring me more harm than good, um, as Pastor Greg alluded to earlier this this morning, uh, we need to understand that my heart, naturally speaking, is not turning towards God. And so I deserve judgment and condemnation and wrath, Romans 2. So not only have I sinned, my sin requires and has earned me just wrath and judgment and, and condemnation and hell. And yet God in his grace and his love and his mercy sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to do all that was necessary that by putting my faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone, that I put my faith and trust in him, that I can be saved, that I would be uh, redeemed, that I would be ransomed and set for his heaven. Eternal life is given to me. And what's the problem then? Well, Paul says the problem is That's the true gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel. But there are people that don't know that. There are people that have no idea what the gospel is. 
Remember, Paul is addressing the Jews and wanting them to see their need for salvation as well as how to be saved. You see, Paul is saying there's a dire need for us as followers of Christ to understand that everyone has to hear the gospel, that we have to make the gospel known. And there are those in church, churches today, those in Christian circles that would say, um, that doesn't really matter what you believe, this side of heaven, that if you reject Christ or you never knew Christ and you die, that because Jesus died on the cross, because he did everything that was needed to do, uh, you would just go to heaven. And that term, that belief, is called universalism. It doesn't really matter what you do. God is love, and God will just save you in the end, whether you want to be saved or not. But the problem is, that's not what the Gospels teach. That's not what the Word of God teaches. The Word of God teaches that we must call, we must repent, we must turn and trust in Christ. We, as followers of Christ, are given a command to go and share the Gospel, to make it known. Let me just ask you, if, if everyone goes to heaven, if everyone's saved in the end, then why does God, by the working of the Holy Spirit, impress through so many authors in the New Testament, including Jesus himself? Why is there such an emphasis on spreading the gospel, making the gospel known, making sure people know the gospel? Why did Jesus teach on hell and the warnings against going to hell and how to avoid that if in the end we all go to heaven anyway? See, God says, I wish that none would perish but all would come to repentance. But what that means is not that God will keep everyone from perishing and everyone goes to heaven. God is saying through the epistle of Peter that his desire is that everyone would repent and turn back to him. That's the heart of our God who is gracious and loving and caring and saying, I want to save you. But it's up to us to choose and to respond to God's initiative. God initiates, God does everything, God works, and somewhere in that, there's a choice we make to respond to God's initiative. And in that dynamic, we see both God doing the, the part that God does and initiating and working and all the things that we need him to do and us responding to that. Romans 9 is all about that sovereignty of God and how God is sovereign over all things. Romans 10 is that human responsibility to respond in faith. And so, again, Paul's making a stressed point here. We have to understand the need to get this gospel out. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, what he says needs to happen between verses 14 and 17 uh, is the exact same thing that needs to happen today. And it's also the exact same thing that he is doing for the Jews and he does for those that he preaches the gospel to. Paul is saying, what I'm asking you to do and what needs to be done, rather, is the same thing I'm doing for you and I will continue to do. And so it's the same pattern we see. Now, I'm not saying we do this verbatim, step by step, per se, but we see the principles here and the process of what's happening, and that's what we put into practice for today as we desire to share Christ. So, so let's walk this out quickly tonight. Let's break down the steps that Paul addresses. So what is Paul saying? The first thing he says in verse 14 is, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? The first thing he addresses is the idea of calling. This calling uh, is when the sinner, the individual, calls out to God for forgiveness or repentance. Or rather, I should say, and repentance. Because asking for forgiveness and repenting of our sins are one in this, it should be one and the same. I realize I've sinned, I repent, I turn from my sin, and I turn to. That's what the word repentance means. To turn from and to turn to. So I turn away from my sin, I turn to God and his forgiveness, I receive. I'm calling out, God, show me favor 
forgive me of my sins. This can be done in many different ways. The thief on the cross cried out and called out by just saying, remember me when you enter your kingdom. That was his call. That was him putting his faith and trust in Christ. In uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 14, we read about Paul, then called Saul, and he's, he's persecuting the church. He was given authority, uh, Acts 9, 14, he's given authority to go and imprison and to take captive, right, persecute those that have called on thy name, called on the name of the Lord. And so that's how the early church was identified, those that had called. And I love that testimony. Uh, today we say Christians, and that term shows up in Scripture a little bit later, but in this idea it was the call, those who, were call, who had called on the name of the Lord. And I love that. As a follower of Christ, I want to be known as somebody that's not this perfect person has got it all figured out. Man, I'm just a sinner. I should say I was a sinner who called on the name of the Lord and was forgiven of my sin and made new, a new creature born again. So call is important here. Then he says, believe, right? We read that, believe. What am I believing in? Well, I'm believing in the gospel, the very truth we just talked about, the reality of my sin and what Jesus did to ransom me and rescue me from my sin. I believe in that. What does it mean to believe? This is a a conscious act. I, I make a mental conscious choice to believe based on the changing of my heart. The, the change that took place in my heart, meaning my true inner self, my, uh, if you want to say my soul, my heart, my emotional seat, uh, the Spirit pricked me in my heart, convicted me of my sin. I call out to Him, but I believe, then I call. So I believe and call. Uh, Romans 10, 9 through 10. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-9, we read what the gospel is and our response to it. So call, believe, then we see the word heard, uh, verse 15, I'm sorry, verse 14. And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? The gospel must be preached, preached with words. So I'm all for uh, what's been called lifestyle evangelism. Lifestyle evangelism is simply, uh, we as followers of Christ, we should live in a way that honors God. We should... Uh, watch what we do, watch our morals, ethics. We shouldn't lie. We shouldn't cheat people. We shouldn't gossip about our employer or our neighbors. We shouldn't uh, use derogatory terms towards other people and insult other people, tearing them down just to boast ourselves up and to pump ourselves up. Uh, we should watch how we speak to others. Um, I personally believe that uh, when we choose to not use profanity and choose to watch our tongue, uh, I'm just telling you from my personal experience, that when I worked in environments, whether it be a shop, um, a hardware store, and I chose to not use profanity, uh, because I really wasn't doing it anyway, but because I didn't really feel it was necessary, um, it's amazing how that little, that little decision had people coming to me and asking me, you know, I noticed you don't really swear, I noticed you don't really say these kind of things. Um, I had one woman say, I noticed you don't really, you know, when we're all sitting back here dogging about or the owner or the boss or the manager or whatever, uh, you don't really chime in on that. You don't really get involved in that. Uh, now, let me tell you, I was really tempted to, to gossip about the manager when they did things that I didn't agree with. But I found that by me choosing simply, by God's grace, I'm not anything special, but by God's grace and him working in me, by choosing to just not take part in those things, then that, that created an opportunity to share Christ with my words. So, I'm all for using lifestyle evangelism, which means just living in a way that honors Christ and people will be drawn to that. My, my only point is, I don't think that's where we start. I think people have said that lifestyle evangelism takes the place of 
verbal evangelism, meaning, yeah, I know I need to be sharing the gospel with my words, but I live in a way that honors Christ, and that will draw people to me. That may create opportunities for you to share Christ, but the key is you have to share Christ. Uh, sooner or later, we have to put words to evangelism. They, they can't believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ unless we tell them that they need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ based on God's word. And so, call, believe, heard, okay, uh, without actually saying the words of the gospel, they may walk away with religious morality, not grace-based salvation. Let me say that again. When we think it's all about lifestyle evangelism, which is, again, it's a good thing to live in a way that let, 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 our, let your good works uh, glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Obviously, we live in a way as followers of Christ that promote God and Christ-likeness. But if I only do that, if I only try to express morality in Christ, without actually speaking the name of Christ or giving the name of Christ, what I've done is I've created a confusion where now people think, okay, I just need to be religious because that guy goes to church and I need to live moral because man, he's really moral. So we've created this idea that somehow religious morality will cover our sin versus this grace-based salvation. So Paul says we need to speak because they need to hear the name of Christ. So call, believe, heard. The next term we see is preacher. Uh, this is not the office of pastor. This is not somebody who necessarily is a preacher like we think of preacher, like myself, who is a senior pastor, preacher of a church. Uh, the word preacher just means proclaimer. And again, as a pastor, I preach. I proclaim the truth of God's word. As an individual follower of Christ, when you share the gospel, you are preaching, you're proclaiming the message of the gospel. And then the last word we see here is the word sent sent. Uh, the proclaimer, the one who's going forth to say the message, must be sent out to those who need to hear. Now, this is why we say when a missionary goes to a field or area that they are sent out by that church or that agency. We all, or we as believers, we all have been sent out by Christ. I'll give you a couple references here. Matthew 28, 19-20, the Great Commission. We're all commissioned to go and spread this gospel. Uh, Acts 1.8, we're all called to go and to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Again, note that Paul understood this process when he was sent out from the church at Antioch. In the book of Acts, we see him being sent out. And he did exactly these things when he preached the gospel to all the world, that his world at that time, he went on all these missionary trips, he was preaching the gospel to the known world, that all who would hear would believe, and that their belief would result in a call. And so Paul gives it to us in reverse order. Call, believe, heard, preacher, sent. We understand that actually starts with being sent out as followers of Christ. We're sent out into the world to proclaim and preach with our words. Lifestyle's there, but our words. We preach the gospel to those who need to hear the gospel so that they might believe the gospel. And a result of that belief is to call out in confession, repenting of sins, and trusting in Christ. And so we're sent to preach that they may hear and believe so that they may call on the name of the Lord. Uh, next week we'll get into the last little section of this, verses 18 and on or following. And so I pray that this has been a blessing and encouragement to you. If you have any questions, please let me know. Let's be dismissed. Rather, let's close be dismissed like we're gathering together. Uh, I'm going to dismiss you from your living room. No, uh, let's gather together right now for a word of prayer and ask God to be with us as we wrap up this video. Father, 
Thank you for your wisdom, your guidance, and your word. I pray that we would realize that you have sent us out into this world, no matter the circumstance or situation, that we might preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, which gives hope to those in need. I pray that others may hear the gospel, believing in the name of Christ, putting their faith and trust in Christ, and calling upon you for salvation, repenting of their sins, and turning to you. Father, thank you for the opportunities you're going to give us this week, and I pray that you'd be glorified in all things, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys, and we'll see you real soon. Have a great week.